You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Um, I'm excited to to land our series. Obviously, friends, we we can honestly speak about this thing until kingdom come. Is what do you say of Jesus? What do you say of Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? And like, who, who are you proclaiming in, in, in your life? I, I, I loved um, Brett's um, sermon last week and, and just leaning us into that, that I am. Jesus saying, I am. He, him, him proclaiming who he is to us. Um, so that giving us revelation of who he is, right? Jesus, the good shepherd, and how he ended the sermon with, with Psalm 23. And, and, and it's in a declaration, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Giving us revelation of who he is in our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads us. How, how many of you are led by Jesus this morning? Yeah, it sounded a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many of us desire to be led by Jesus? Yeah, that sounds a little, right? We desire to be led by Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We desire to be led by Jesus. And I believe that about Christians who gather on Sundays, I know we want to be led by Jesus. I know that we gather because we're, we're wanting the Lord to sanctify us. And that word sanctify is, is not only are we saved, but we're being saved, right? The Lord is refining us. And, and as he's refining us, we're, we're, we're growing and we're changing. And, and we're allowing him to lead us in new ways, right? As we mature, if you think about as children, you know, you know as, as little ones, they just, they just get led in the basics, right? You know, go potty in the right place and you know, and, and um, you know, put your toys here and don't do these things. And, the, you know, kind of the basic ways. But as we mature, the Lord begins to, 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 to lead us in other ways. The Lord begins to lead us when it comes to our sin nature, right? Like where we have to actually battle our innate self, this, in this innate sinful nature. In us. And the Lord begins to lead us in areas of our finances and our relationships, these are all more mature things that he begins to lead us in as we mature. And so what I love about Scripture is Scripture tells us who Jesus is, and this is why Scripture is so important. I really believe the more we read Scripture, the more we, we allow the Word of God to wash over us, the more revelation we have of Jesus. Because all Scripture points to who he is. And so if, if, if you want to know more about Jesus, start reading your Word. Man, read the Gospels, and the Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those tell you about his life, what, what he said, what he did, how he lived, you know. Uh, I mean, the teachings he taught, how he treated people, right? The Scripture tells us who he is. And, and as Brett pointed out last week, Jesus told us who he was. In Scripture, Jesus tells you, you know, I am the I am, right? Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, the life. Jesus tells us who he is. And we even see in Scripture God the Father proclaiming who Jesus is. We, we see that at Jesus' baptism. When Jesus is being baptized, the, the heavens open up and God the Father speaks down from heaven and says, This is my Son and whom I am well pleased. God the Father speaks to who he is. The question that we've had in, the, in this sermon and in this, in this series is, is, what do you say about Jesus? What do you say about Jesus? And if you remember in week one's um, sermon, we, we asked the, uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And then we, we, they begin to say, hey, well, they say you're this, and they say you're that. And then he asked the most important questions, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And I believe every Christian needs to listen to me, friends, intelligently, with revelation, be able to answer that question. Who do I say Jesus is? If a stranger were to walk up to you and ask you, who is Jesus? Would you be able to answer that, that question articulately from your heart, from your gut, and from your mind, right? Be able to answer who Jesus is. This is what that revelation means, right? Peter, Peter was commended for the revelation that he had, right? You are the Christ. That word Christ meaning the anointed one. The word Christ is interchangeable with the word Messiah. So Christ is the Greek. Messiah is the Hebrew. Right? The same word. The, the anointed one. You are the anointed one. I believe every Christian needs to carry a revelation of who Jesus is 
And, and listen, most, most sinners, as we were all sinners, and when we come to Christ, we, we have a revelation of Jesus the Savior. How many of you have a revelation that Jesus is the Savior? See, until, until we recognize that Jesus can save us, I mean, we have to recognize that he is the Savior. Because we can't call upon him if we don't know that he can save us. And so we, most Christians ha, uh, or sinners have a revelation um, that Jesus is the Savior. And everyone loves Jesus the Savior. We should love Jesus the Savior. But when we think about Jesus the Savior, there, 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 there's, some, there's some nuances to that in, in, our, in our maybe comfortable approach or our surface approach because Jesus paid it all. We love Jesus the Savior because he, he, he paid for the bill. He paid the debt. He picked up the tab. He forgives us as far as the east is, is from the west. We love Jesus the Savior. But what about Jesus the Lord? What about Jesus the Lord? You see, many have a revelation of the salvation of Jesus Christ, which we should. Which we should. The price that was paid is what allowed us to have a reconciled relationship with our Heavenly Father again. We should have a revelation of salvation, friends. Please hear me. But the second question to that is, do we have a revelation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? That theme was coming out during our worship today, and I, I, I didn't even align this with the worship set. Do we have a revelation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Many, many can, can use the term that Jesus, Jesus Christ is Lord, or Jesus is, I, I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And how many of you ever heard that term, right? And this is rhetorical. How many of you have used the term, right? He is my Lord and Savior. But I wonder if we truly have a revelation that he is Lord. See, that, Lord, that word Lord come, comes with a whole different understanding when it comes to Savior. Savior, Jesus did it all, paid it all. Jesus made a way when there was no way. He forgives all, for all, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son. There's this salvation comes with this, this freedom package, and then we accept it willingly because he did it all. But the lordship, friends, comes with a completely different understanding. You see, the lordship of Jesus Christ comes with a revelation that Jesus is seated on the throne of heaven. And that as he is seated on the throne of heaven, friends, we have to see it majestically. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And what the king says goes. And so when I ask the question, is Jesus lord of your life? The question is this. Is what Jesus says, is, is what Jesus says go in your life? Does it go? The things that he has said over you, over your life, does it happen because he is Lord? Many have a re revelation of salvation of Jesus Christ, but many Jesus followers are extremely immature in the understanding and the acknowledgement, listen to that, of the understanding and the acknowledgement of his lordship. Romans 10.9, you probably know this verse by heart now. We use this often when it comes to us accepting Jesus as, as the Lord of our life. Listen to this. If you openly declare, can you say declare? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, can you say Lord? Lord. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your, in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you openly declare the declaration of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it's been amazing to see in this last two kind of presidential terms that, you know, both sides are saying, not my president. Right? He's our president, whether we like it or not. Either way you felt about it, Trump was our president and Biden's our president. So however you felt, they're still, they're still our president. I think sometimes people approach their walk with Jesus like this. We wouldn't say that in a negative way and direct it that way. But honestly, I believe that there's things in our lives that, that declare this. Not my Lord. 
We've got to be honest with ourselves. Is he Lord? Is he Lord? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That word declare is to say something, listen friends, it's to say something in solemn and in an emphatic manner. Right? It's, 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 it's with forcible clarity that we say that Jesus Christ is Lord. With forcible clarity. I, I, I remember um, Judah had such a hard time projecting his voice when he was little. So um, if, if, you, if you don't know him, our son Judah, we, we adopted him. And so we, we got him when he was three. And he was so quiet. And, and he had so few words. And so as he, this quiet boy with so few words, joined our family, we were loud. Like, I mean, we're loud. You guys, we're loud and, you know, just everything. And dad, you know, you know, Marine, you just, you could hear him from across the house. And, and so I, I was always trying to get Judah to talk louder. And so I, I would tell him, Judah, say, yeah. And he'd go, yeah. I'm like, no, boy, from your gut, yeah. Like, honestly, he would, he would do the motions, and nothing would come out of his mouth. I would go, no, like this, boy, yeah. And he'd go, I'm like, no, like, let it out, buddy. Like, let it, now, trust me, that boy is loud. Uh, he is, he is loud. But, but I, I feel like this is for Christians, is, is, is we know to say, But oh, is it a forcible clarity that Jesus is Lord? He's Lord. He's Lord of all. I mean, we were seeing that, right? You are worthy of it all. From you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. I mean, we, 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 we declare it. He is Lord. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life today? Is he Lord of your life today? And if he is Lord of your life today, is there a declaration from your life? Is there truly a declaration from your life? What do you say of Jesus, friends? What do you say about Jesus? I'm not going to use any scripture that you don't know this morning. I'm, by way of reminder, wanting to stir in us this revelation of who he is in our lives. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. It reads like this. That at the name of Jesus, can you say name of Jesus? At the name of Jesus, this beautiful name, this powerful name, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, which basically encapsulates every area that you can think of. And every tongue, listen to this, friends, can you say declare? Every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And why? To the glory of the Father. To the glory of the Father. There will be, friends, there will be an acknowledgement. There will be a declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's not just an acknowledgement. An acknowledgement is a yes, I recognize that Joe Biden is our president. I get it. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. That's an acknowledgement. A declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because I believe people acknowledge it. Yes, he's Lord and Savior. I, yes. Yep. So the Bible says he is Lord and Savior. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Michael Eaton writes this in his commentary on this portion of Scripture. One day the truth about Jesus will be known by the whole universe. I mean, what a day, friends. One day the truth about Jesus will be known by the whole universe. But listen to this. At the moment on earth, only Christians exalt Jesus. This is our place. And so the question is, what do we say about Jesus? Is he Lord? Are we acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord? Because this is our place here on earth. Now this, this Philippians 2 says, right, there, at, the, 
At, at, a, at the appropriate time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But at this time, it's the saints on the earth who declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the question is, are we? Are we? Do we? I'm going I'm to read a bit of Matthew Henry's commentary on this portion of Scripture because I, I, think, I think it's extremely potent. His exaltation here is made to consist in honor and power. In honor. So he had a name above every name. His name was above every name. A title of dignity above all creatures, men and angels. And in power, listen to this, every knee must bow. Every knee must bow. The whole creation must be in subjection to him. Things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, the inhabitants of heaven and earth, the living and the dead. At the name of Jesus, not at the sound of a word, but at the authority of Jesus. All should pay solemn homage and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, listen friends, is Lord. Every nation and language should publicly own the universal empire of the exalted Redeemer. And that all power in heaven and earth is given to him, Matthew 28, 18. Observe the vast extent of the kingdom of Christ. And earth is given, I'm uh, oh, sorry, it reaches to heaven and to earth and to all creatures in each, to angels as well as men and to the dead as well as the living, to the glory of God the Father. Observe it, it is the glory of God the Father to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you want to make your Father in heaven proud, confess that Jesus is Lord. Declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. For it is his will that all men should honor the Son as they honor the Father. Whatever respect is paid to Christ redounds to the honor of the Father. He who receiveth me receiveth him who sent me. Matthew 10, 14. What do you say about Jesus, friends? You might say this morning, well, well I believe in God. I believe in God. We we did a we did a, a study in our in our home group through through the book of James and and James tells us that there's actually something called demonic faith. James chapter two verse nineteen says this: You sayeth that you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So so it's nothing particularly awesome about. Believing in God. Even the demons believe in God. And they tremble in his presence. You see, it's not just about believing in God. I believe in God it is mixed in with the rest of the world's loose connotation with, with deities that somehow give some sense of, of comfort in regards to the unknown and the afterlife. I believe in God somehow has just become the security blanket that we wear to, 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 to secure our, our, our afterlife status. This term is called moral therapeutic deitism. Moral therapeutic deitism. This is what it is. We believe in God for the spiritual therapeutic comfort that it brings us. This is not having a revelation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The God that we believe in has a name, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and he's not to be confused with any other God. He's not to be confused with any other deity that is, has raised its demonic head on this planet. I believe in God is a declaration of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I believe in God is personal to us. Our God has a name. It's Jesus. It's the only name in which we can be saved. It's the only name that can heal the sick. It's the only name that could raise the dead. It's the only name that can cast out demons and even rebuke the devil himself. 
It's the highest name. It's just the name given by the Father, and it brings glory to the Father when we declare his name, the name of Jesus. What do you say of Jesus, friends? Like Father God, listen to this, friends. Like Father God, Jesus will not compete with any other God or any other Lord in our life, nor does he have to. He won't compete with Buddha or Allah because he doesn't have to. He won't compete with Elijah Muhammad or Gandhi or Mother Teresa or his mother Mary because he doesn't have to. He won't compete with the Pope. He won't compete with Joel Osteen. He won't compete with Stephen Furtick. He won't compete with your boyfriend. He won't compete with your girlfriend. He won't compete with your wife, and he definitely won't be competing with your kids. He won't compete with your career. He won't compete with your money or anything else that you bow your knee to. His name is Jesus, and he is the Lord of all. Anything else is idolatry. Anything else is idolatry. Why? Listen to this, friends. At verse 9, before verse 10 in, two, in, in Philippians chapter 2, therefore, say therefore, therefore, God ex- elevated, another, word, another version would say exalted, elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above every other name. Jesus All roads do not lead to heaven. All religions do not lead to an eternity with the creator of the universe. The one way, and Jesus gave it that way, it was himself. Jesus Christ the Lord. What do you say of Jesus? Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says this, No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and you'll love the other. You will be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve and be enslaved to money. Now, obviously, this passage is speaking about the, 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 the idol of spiritual wealth, right? And that, 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 the Aramaic word there that, that is actually used in most translation is mammon. So you can't serve both God and mammon. And that word mammon is Aramaic for spiritual wealth. I mean, uh, um, Yes, for the idol of spiritual wealth. You can't, you can't serve both. You can only serve one. And it's the same in our lives. We can't serve anything else and Jesus. You see, this can't be the Lord of our life and Jesus be Lord too. So if, if addictions rule our life, then, then is Jesus Lord? Right? If, if, if our, our, our spouse is the Lord of our life, then is Jesus Lord? If our career is the Lord of our life, then can Jesus really be Lord? You see, we can't serve both. And we have to recognize you can't serve both because you're going you're gonna to hate one or the other. And I know none of us would be like, well, I, you know, I don't hate Jesus. I mean, I just, I just, I'm committed to this thing. I've been, I've been doing this thing. No, no, no. One has to take precedence. One has to be seated on the throne of our hearts, friends. The principle is still the same here. You cannot serve two lords. Can't can't serve two lords. You can't believe in two religions. You can't believe in two gods. We can't have two lords. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, there should be a declaration coming from your entire being. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, there should be a declaration coming from your entire being. And the first one is going to be this, friends. A personal declaration. If you're taking notes, write this down. A personal declaration. Right? There should be a personal declaration coming from your life. And we read this in 1 Timothy, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter chapter 3, Peter's going to give us kind of this, 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 um, this understanding of a, of a gradual declaration of our life. First and foremost, verse 5 says this, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. So first and foremost, we will sanctify Christ as Lord in our hearts. There has to be a declaration from our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. So in your heart today, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Only you know the answer to that. I hope your answer is yes. But Peter has to remind saints, 
Don't forget, he's writing to the saints in, in this epistle. He has to remind the saints, sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. It was a spiritual reminder that Jesus had to be seated on the throne of their hearts. No one else could be seated there. That place is holy and sacred, and the only person that could sit there is Jesus. We must sanctify that place, friends. We can't allow anything else to sit there. How many of you um, guys have a special chair in your house? Like, yep, can't sit there. Like, you don't let the kids sit there, or, or right? Or, or when you go to a family and you go to your grandparents' house or something, like there's like a thing that no one touches, right? That, that thing's sanctified. Don't touch that thing. That's grandma's, you know, whatever. That's a very, you know, silly illustration. But in our hearts, no one else gets to sit there. Someone else tries to sit there. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Off. Off. That's not your spot. That's sanctified, friends. No one else gets to sit there. That place is sacred and holy. Nothing else gets to sit there. That's Jesus' spot. That's his place at the table. Next part, listen to this. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect. And so now we see this declaration of the mouth. Always be ready. Always be ready to declare with, with your mouth, to give a dispense. Listen, for the hope that is inside you. A hope that is inside you. Are you ready to give a defense for the hope that is inside you? Are you ready to declare Jesus Christ is Lord with your personal mouth? Because I, I think like, you know, in our heads we would say, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord. But the Apostle Peter is asking the church, are you ready to declare that? Are you personally ready to start declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord to the world around you because people are going to need to know the reason why? And are you ready to give a defense for that thing, for the hope that is inside of you? And then verse 16 says this, And keep a good conscience so that in the things in which you are slandered, and he's saying, listen, so, so, so kind of like be, be, be of a clear mind. Because when people come and speak against you, which, friends, when you declare Jesus Christ as Lord, you better believe that people are going to come against you. You see, Jesus, he's, he's the dividing factor. You can go in the world, I mean, anywhere in the world and say, I believe in God, and not, most people won't, won't trip on that. Yeah, do you believe? Yeah, I believe in God. I believe I'm, you know, you hear this out in, in, in culture today. I'm a very spiritual person. Yeah, I believe in God. I do. I do too. Yeah, it's good. We, we all need that, right? Yeah, we do. We need that. We need to be spiritual. Yes. But when you say Jesus, you're drawing a line in the sand. Jesus himself said, I, 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 I came to divide. When we say Jesus, we're putting a line in the sand. It, it, it's, it's, it's no longer, hey, you're in a safe zone You've just put yourself in a box. And the Bible says that when people come to slander you, and they will, and that word slander, to speak against you illfully, when they come to slander you, listen to this, friends. Keep a good conscience so that in the things in which you are slandered, those who disparage your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. So you know the other thing that you personally, how you personally declare? is with your life. Your life is a declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Your life, and, and listen, friends, people are watching you. As soon as you say you're a Christian, I'm telling you, man, people are like, like, feels like this telescope, just, just check. And they're waiting. They're waiting. I'm waiting for you. Oh, as soon as you say that first F-bomb, that's it. I'm going to call you out. As soon as, as soon as I see you start gossiping, ooh, I'm going to call you out. And as soon as I, I, I see you, you know, whatever, they're looking for it. They're looking. Oh, they're looking. You see, your life is a declaration, and people are watching. As soon as you say that Jesus is Lord of my life, that I'm a Christian, man, people are like, okay. Now you're under the microscope now. And Apostle Peter is saying, Lit, have a good conscience. Because when they come to speak against you, and they will, listen, those who disparage your good 
behavior in Christ will be put to shame. When Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, I'm telling you, friends, we should be the most free people because we're not worried about the microscope because we're living as if he is Lord of our life. He is seated on the throne of our hearts. He dictates our actions. He dictates our behavior. He dictates our habits. He dictates all of that because he is Lord. And so we should be conscience-free. It doesn't mean we don't slip up. It doesn't mean that, that, that we're perfect. It doesn't mean if you hit your ha- you know, hand with a hammer that some, some word might not slip out. It might. And we don't have to justify those things. But friends, we do have to justify how we're living. Because if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, your life should look like it. And only if if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life can you have a good conscience about it. Because when they start slandering you, they'll be put to shame. It's not my deal. It's not my deal. It's their deal, right? Before you can declare Jesus as Lord to the world around you, it must be solidified in you first. It must be solidified in you first. And when it's solidified in you, you don't have to walk around to everyone, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. They're going to see it in your life. They're going to see it in your life. It's going to be a part of your daily living. It's going to be a part of who you are. It's going to begin to exude. And then when they have questions, you're going to be able to declare. You're going to be able to declare. Does your life match up with the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? Does your life match that? Does it match that? The apostle is showing us that the lordship of Jesus Christ graduates uh, from a personal declaration, listen, friends, to a public declaration. It graduates from a personal declaration to a public declaration. Culture tells us that we must keep our relationship with Jesus private. Right? You hear hear that. You You just keep your politics and your religion to yourself. I'm telling you, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to tell the world about it. You need, can you imagine a marriage arrangement where one partner says, hey, I, I, I recognize that we're married, you know, but we're just going to keep this between us. We're just going to keep this between us, right? You know, you know we, don't, we don't really have to let our families know. We don't, we don't have to tell our friends, you know. I, I'm just going to continue to live like I'm single. You know, but, but when I need to make a withdrawal from the benefits of our marriage, I'll, I'll let you know. Can you imagine a marriage arrangement like that? Ladies. Man, if you don't post two minutes after you start a relationship with someone online, your relationship status is questioned. You got to tell the world. I'm in a relationship. We got to tell the world, right? How is that different for the Lord? And I'm not saying we follow the cultural rules and everything, but can you imagine when people were so excited about Jesus that as soon as they say yes to Jesus, that thing hits Facebook? I said yes to Jesus today. Jesus became the Lord of my life today. Can you imagine when your relationship status changed? Today I became a Christian. Can you imagine what that public declaration begins to do? Because Jesus is now the Lord of your life. It begins to just it just penetrate your, your entire world, right? You know, we're loud and proud about every other thing in our lives that we're passionate about. Why not Jesus? Why not Jesus? We're loud about our politics. We're loud about our, our sports teams we're we're loud about our families and we and and honestly friends like i'm not i'm not opposed to to those things root for those things and have fun but i hope those things do not take priority or precedence or are not louder than the fact that jesus christ is the lord of your life second corinthians chapter four verse five says this you see we don't go around preaching about ourselves We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. This is what we preach, friends. This is the declaration of our lives. You know, we don't don't go around preaching, you know, uh, uh, um, know, all these, man, what 
We've talked about it here, the prosperous gospel. And man, just say yes to Jesus and your whole life is going to be good. And, you know, we, we, we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. We preach the good news. And the good news is that Jesus died on a cross. And the fact that he died on a cross as God paid for the penalty of your sins. And if you believe that he died on the cross and that God raised him from the dead and that he is Lord, you will be saved. This is what we preach. If this is not what we're preaching, friends, we're not giving them the declaration of the lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. Matthew 10, verse 32 through 39 is, is, is the passage I referenced just a little bit earlier, and it says this. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Everyone who acknowledges me here on earth, publicly, how? Publicly. Not privately. Publicly. I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Verse 33. But everyone who, can you read that word for me? Denies me here on earth. I will also deny before my Father in heaven. It's a scary scripture, friends. It's a sobering scripture but not when you have sanctified Jesus as Lord in your heart. You see, when Jesus is sanctified, you, when you've sanctified Jesus as Lord in your heart, then you know you're already in that chorus of people when, when you say, one day every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ and Lord, we're just going to be like, finally, people are going to join us. It's not this mega shift in our life because it's already happening now. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my... Listen to this, friends. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. And I think sometimes people just think that. They think that it's just going to be this kumbaya thing, that we're going to say yes to Jesus, and our world's going to be kumbaya. If you don't know what kumbaya is, there's this really melodic folk song that Christians used to sing around a campfire, and it'd be, kumbaya, my Lord... Kumbaya. And, and so many people think you're going to say yes to Jesus, and that's going to be your whole life with Jesus. It's just going to be tranquil, and, and, and no one's ever going to slander you. No one's ever going to speak against you. It's going to be peaceful and awesome, and the world's going to love you because you love Jesus now. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. Jesus said this. These are his words. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. A sword. I have come to set man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And I know that already happens anyways. But listen, friends, he's not speaking about relationally. It's not Jesus' heart that we're against our father and our mother or our mother-in-laws. He's talking about the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because as soon as you say that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, there's a dividing factor that happens right down the middle. Oh, Jesus Christ is Lord. It changes everything. It happens in marriages all the time. Or a, a woman will come to know Jesus, and, 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 and she's trying to bring her husband into the kingdom. It feels like a sword has been divided. And it isn't Jesus' heart to divide, but it's what happens when the lordship of Jesus Christ is declared. It's not easy. It's not easy to stand for Jesus when, when the people you love the most aren't standing for him as well. When your cousins and your aunts and your uncles or your husband or your kids aren't serving Jesus right alongside you, it's the hardest thing to choose. But friends, what do we say about Jesus? Your enemies will be right in your own home, your own household. And it's not talking about an earthly enemy. I'm telling you, when we declare the lordship of Jesus Christ, people begin to actively oppose that choice. It's not just like they're impartial to it. They actually become aggressive against these things. When you say Jesus Christ is Lord, oh, here they come. It's not just like, cool, hey, man, that's awesome. You love Jesus? I'm cool with that, whatever. Uh-uh. Because a sword has divided. Jesus said, I come to bring the sword. 
Listen to this, friends. This is, this is, these are hard things to wrestle with. If you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. How can you say yes to Jesus and the lordship of Jesus Christ and still allow your parents to dictate how you serve Jesus? Especially, speaking to many of the Hispanics here, most of us came out of Catholicism. When you say yes to Jesus and the lordship of Jesus Christ in, in, the, in the Protestant way, in the, in, in the Christian manner, man, you're going against your entire family because you said yes to Jesus. But who's lord of your life, your parents or Jesus? Friends, these are the choices we make. If you love your sons and your daughters more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Parents, we need to hear this. If our kids dictate how we serve Jesus, oh, we can't do that, you know, because the kids, you know, I'm not sure. And, and oh, we can't, we can't serve in these areas of ministry because I don't know the kids. And, oh, no, we can't go on a missions trip because I don't know the kids. And if the kids are now dictating how Jesus is Lord in our life, something's wrong. Is he Lord or is he not? Because if he's Lord, then his grace is sufficient with you, for you. If Jesus says it, we do it, and I'm telling you, your kids are going to be blessed for it. Your kids are going to be blessed for it. The Patricks are moving their kids for the second time, first cross country from South Africa to East L.A. What? And then from East L.A., this is probably even crazier, to Alabama. What? And yes, the kids are a factor, and of course, they're concerned about their kids, but not at the expense of what Jesus has said. Who's Lord? Who is Lord? If Jesus has ordained the times and the places for we dwell, and we got work to do here, and, and, and whatever relational thing is pulling us in other directions, but what about what God has called us to? Who's Lord? If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. Friends, this is... This is crazy language. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Friends, this is my prayer for us as a people of God, is that as we give up our life for Jesus, that we find who we have always been called to be. The followers of Jesus. And when he is Lord and when he calls is, is where we find ourselves. I'm telling you, I know more of who I am now than I did before Jesus. Because I've said yes, and I've let go of things, and all the things that I thought I wanted to hold on to, because this is me, or not me at all. Because Jesus is still refining me. Jesus is still sanctifying me. What do you say of Jesus, friends? What is your household saying about Jesus? What is your mouth saying about Jesus? What is your heart saying about Jesus? And what is the world hearing your life say about Jesus? I'm going to land this now. 2 Corinthians 12.3. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say, listen to this, friends, that Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you want to know if, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Can you declare that Jesus Christ is Lord? Can you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? That, that, that's, an, that's, that's one of the clearest ways that you've been filled with the Spirit. Because you can't say that Jesus Christ is Lord without the Holy Spirit's, um, the Holy Spirit's uh, um, utterance within, within your life. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. And what do witnesses do? We declare. We declare who Jesus is. We declare what Jesus has done. I mean, people are always talking about the movement of the Spirit and all the gifts of the Spirit. How about the, how about the, the gift of declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord? One, one of the biggest signs that we've been filled with the Spirit is that we will be his witnesses. I mean, we all lo lo love some of the other gifts but the Apostle Paul is clear in Corinthians that those gifts will pass away. 
Some of those other gifts will pass away, but guess you know what? Won't pass away? The declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we will be singing his praises for all eternity. That gift will never go away. You will be my witnesses, and you will be telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth, in East L.A., in Monterey Park, in Alabama, and to all the rest of the world. We'll be declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. Declaration. My prayer for us, friends, as in this season, and this season, that we will be a people that declare the lordship of Jesus Christ, and it'll happen personally, it'll happen publicly, it'll happen with our hearts, with our mouths, and with our lives, and the world around you will be transformed. It will be transformed. And if you believe that with me, I'm going to invite you to stand up this morning. I want to, I'm going to do two things, friends. I'm going to pray for us. I believe this is for all of us this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit want, wants, to, wants to rest on you again and empower you to be a witness for Jesus in a way like you've never been before. A lot of times we're so caught up with knowing the Bible verses and knowing, well, I, you know, I don't have the gift of evangelism. You know, it was amazing when, when the, the Apostle Peter, or I'm sorry, when the Apostle Paul was speaking to Timothy, a young pastor, this is what he had to tell him. Do the work of an evangelist, bro. You're a pastor. You're all caught up with, you know, taking care of the sheep and doing stuff in the church. Do the work of an evangelist. But I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. Do the work of an evangelist. Friends, it's our mantle as a people of God to preach the gospel. No, there's no special anointing for that that's given to every saint, every believer to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. We all must carry this thing. This is our message. It's not my message. It's not just this, the few anointed ones. This is our message that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. And that's my prayer for you this morning. And I just love to invite you, if you're willing this morning, to just lift your hands. If you have issues with your arms or anything, don't stress. Open your hearts to the Lord. Holy Spirit, it is by your power and your authority that we are able to become witnesses for Jesus. You said we will receive power from on high, Jesus. And we accept and we receive that. And I just pray now for a fresh wind, a fresh anointing, a flesh blowing in this place across your saints, God, that we will be men and women who are willing to declare the lordship of Jesus Christ in this world today. That we will not fear. That when we face adversity, God, that we will recognize it for what it is, but we will stand on your word for it is true. Jesus Christ is Lord, and I've experienced his lordship personally. Pray that it will come out of out of the mouths of your children. I pray, Lord, that it will come out of the lives of your children. I pray, yes, it is personal. Yes, it is personal. But I pray, Lord, that this becomes so personal that it comes exuding out of my being, that it becomes public. It becomes public in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For those who have been afraid of, of, of losing relationships, Jesus is telling you, do not fear. Yes, I have come to bring a sword, and yes, there will be a division, but households are won by one person saying yes. Hold tight. Hold tight. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. Hold tight. Don't give in. Don't give in. Don't waver. Don't waver. Don't waver. Some plant, some water, but Jesus will bring the increase. God will bring the increase. Hold on. Hold on. Don't waver. Zeke, you got a word, boy. Turn up. Hello. Yeah, cool. Um, I just felt a word this morning as we were praying. Move your mask Yeah, um, I just didn't think it was the right time in the morning. Um, so the Lord just kind of brought it up um, as my dad began to pray. And just, um, just talking about making the Lord the Lord of our lives. Um, 
I just feel like there's people in our church who have been struggling with um, feeling ill-equipped or unequipped or unworthy um, to do the things that the Lord has asked. Um, and I feel like there's a there's a clear picture or maybe a foggy picture, but it's scary. Um, I know that's something that I've struggled with, um, something that I have to continue to work through. Um, and I just feel like there's just some change that, that needs to be broken this morning. There's some... Uh, there's some people who need to take that step um, in accepting um, that our lives are more than just coming to church every Sunday. Our lives are more than receiving from the Holy Spirit and holding it in. Um, and I just feel like there's just a, an activation that the Lord is, is, has placed on my heart, and I feel like he's placed on um, others' hearts. They've just been scared um, to act, to put their hands up and say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready. Um, I'm willing to go. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. So, um, if anyone feels like that is you, it may be going to other nations. It may be going to um, anything, sharing with people at your work, um, moving to a different country, um, going to another church, ministering, whatever that may look like. Um, if it scares you, I can tell you that it comes from the Lord 100%. Um, so I just feel like if, if that's you or you want to respond this morning, I think now is the time to do so. Yeah, this is what we do, friends. Yes, this is what we're going to do, friends. Um, continue to pray. Um, we're going to end our service. If you feel like you need prayer, you feel like you need to be activated, you feel like the Lord's speaking to you, you feel like you've been holding on too tightly to other lordships in your life, you feel like you're in contention and you're in a battle, you feel like this is you're responding to what the Lord's saying, then come up, we want to pray with you service, we want to be, be sensitive to time and everyone on, online and everything, but we'll officially end, but if, if there's activation that needs to be done, let's do it, but here, raise your hand one more time if you're willing, if you're willing, I just want to send you with this, friends, you've been created to declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you've been created to declare, and this is, this is your homework, friends, and this homework isn't just for this week, this homework is until kingdom come to declare the lordship of jesus in your life begin to declare it friends begin to your your world is going to be transformed your family is going to be transformed your marriages are going to be